0: Penny Lane, there is a barber showing for
1: everybody. We made it to uh, Friday here on Penny for Your Thoughts. It's been a very, very fun week. Enjoyed visiting with uh, you, the listener, and our different guests throughout the week. We have an open line here in this first hour, 356-9397. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 351-5357. A lot of great guests during the week, a lot of great phone calls, a lot of great conversation. I've enjoyed it all. Along the way, leading up into the end of the week, we have an open line in the first hour. And then Rob Kennedy, who is the CEO with C-SPAN, University of Illinois graduate, is going to join us in the second hour for a little bit, and then an open line to close out the week after that. So that's what's on tap today. You can join us in the variety of ways I've already mentioned. Temperature at 73 degrees, beautiful sunrise today. Don't know if you had a chance to see it, if you got up early enough. But it was a orange and blue sky, for sure. A very pretty uh, sunrise this morning, just after 6 o'clock. Hope you had a chance to see that. So what's on your mind today? Of course, more uh, terrorist attacks, it appears, out in Spain. There's been a couple, uh, one in Barcelona that was going on yesterday. I was involved in a lot of different activities, some meetings, was at football practice. kept getting updates on my phone from CBS News about the van attack in Barcelona. I think it wound up killing 13. There was another attack in a, a coastal town today. So there is a lot going on there. I think a hundred injured in Barcelona. The Islamic State group claiming responsibility. Police made a couple of arrests yesterday. Apparently, have made a couple more today. So that has been in the news. A lot of talk all week, of course, about what happened in Charlottesville a week ago. Uh, Last Saturday, coming up tomorrow, it'll be one week since that happened in Charlottesville with the uh, march and then the counter protest and then the car running down the young lady uh, that was back and forth. That ignited a whole uh, discussion during the entire week. Had a lot of conversation on Penny about that earlier in the week. Uh, It has kind of morphed into talking about Confederate monuments all over the country, all over the South in particular, but all over the country as well in various spots. And should those be torn down? Uh, you know, what are we doing? Are we destroying a part of our history, even though people don't like that part of the history? Uh, that has been the back-and-forth argument here in the last couple of days uh, with all the different uh, discussions on TV and radio and in newspaper and in print. You go about anywhere and click on Confederate monuments, and that's basically what everybody's talking about around the water cooler and at home and in uh, offices and uh, just places all over the place, including here on the radio. So we can talk about that if you'd like. We can move on to other things. We had a lot of excitement early in the week with the Thunderbirds. We got the taste of champagne coming up this weekend at Westside Park. Of course they moved it to August, you know, a couple of years ago and so now we're in the mid to late August stretch. We'll have uh, of course events going on downtown there at Westside Park as well. I've got today in history, Brad Underwood sang the seventh inning stretch yesterday. We've got that. We'll have that for you here in a little bit as uh, the uh, Cubs and the Reds just played a shootout yesterday, so he ignited a bunch of runs yesterday singing the seventh inning stretch. We'll talk about all of that. Whatever else is on your mind today, give us a call here on Penny for your thoughts. We'll take our opening timeout, come back with all of that on an open line this first hour. Rob Kennedy, hour number two on Penny. We turn- Is like ours. Yeah, that's coming up. We've got football coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, we've got basketball. A basketball coach was up at Wrigley Field yesterday. We'll hear from him here in just a moment. 356-9397. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. You could text us. As always, that's a quick way to reach us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351 351- 5357. What's on your mind today after a busy week? have enjoyed it. Always a privilege to sit in the penny for your thoughts chair. And we have an open line here this first hour. Rob Kennedy, a University of Illinois graduate, a gentleman I got to know last year at an event in Chicago. And then eventually he allowed me to take a tour of C-SPAN. when we were out for the Big Ten basketball tournament last spring in Washington, D.C. And he's a U of I alum. And he's the CEO, one of the CEOs of C span. So we'll talk with him in the second hour for a little while, and then have an open line to close out the week in the final half hour or so here on Penny for your thoughts. So let's get it rolling today. Here's Danny. He's our leadoff hitter. Hi, Danny. Uh,
2: good morning, Brian. Good morning. Uh, you're you're a history buff, aren't you?
1: Yes, I am.
2: All right. I want to run something by you. All right. With all of the discourse and chaos going on. Here in our country, the United States, in 2017, do you see any parallels to the 1917 Russian Revolution?
1: Oh well, there's different. I mean, that's a little different. But uh, give me what? Why are you making that comparison? Well, give me the... uh,
2: I'm this. I had this thought prior to all the. Uh, Confederate statues coming down. But I just kind of looked at it, and I went back and uh, read some of the things that happened, and it just uh, seems like all this chaos is to overthrow our government, which they have blatantly stated was the their cause and their uh, their goal. And that's what I'm comparing what they did in 1917 in Russia. Hmm. Overthrow uh, a regime, uh, uh, monarchy, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, well, it's a little apples and oranges, but i I think the uh, I think the biggest thing that has a lot of the I don't know a lot of the uh, furor going on has to do with the election. You know, I, do you think all of this would be going on if Hillary had been elected?
2: Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, uh, they just they had their way of life for. Uh, sixteen of the last twenty four years, and all of a sudden they get slammed right in the jaw, and they don't like it, and they're resorting to any tactic they can to reverse it and that's what I'm saying. I think the people got in Russia what I know the people got tired of the monarchy and just overthrew' them. and that eventually led to marxism and uh and that's another comparison some of these groups that are doing all the the chaos, uh, they say they're hired, somebody's hiring them, and a lot of them are far left wing, uh, which is a Marxist philosophy, and that's just, I was just asking you to make a yeah. comparison as a history book. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know if I can, I don't, I'd have to study that a little more, but I, I do know that there have been, whether it's the, the Russian Revolution in 1970, whether it's the French Revolution, you know, where basically they, uh, you know, they revolted against the the rich or the powerful and mm-hmm. executed a lot of them. Um, with the what happened in Russia was, it was a very small group, and some of it, you know, I think Lenin had to be what hauled in in a train car from Berlin or from Germany. Right, he had been gone. Yeah, he had been gone, and so you know there was a lot of unrest in Russia, and it took just a handful, relatively speaking, of people to to overthrow the government. The the government there in Russia was pretty corrupt and, you know, was having its issues on its own. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to kind of trace that out a little further. but
2: Well, it, it, it's an interesting point. Yeah. And uh, knowing you were a history, history buff, I thought I'd run that by you. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. You're doing a great job, and uh, good luck.
1: Well, thank you, Danny. Bye now. Appreciate the call. Have a, have a great weekend. The... Um, Soda tax in Cook County, I wanted to get into that a little bit. I know Dave Gentry was covering some of the uh, issues that they've run into up there, and I'm going to look up a couple of articles on that because I, I, I just kind of shake my head at that, too. The uh, a Soda tax is such an easy way to get money. I mean, it's low-hanging fruit, but they didn't think it through, apparently, some of the ramifications of it, So, as sometimes happens with things like that. What seems easy and obvious isn't always as easy as it looks. Three five six nine three nine seven. You can email us, talk at wdws dot com. Text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Three five one five three five seven. I'll have to look at that a little more. I um, the Russian Revolution. I haven't done a lot of reading on it, but I've done enough to be dangerous. So nine <laughs> seventeen. Let's go to Ed on line one. Ed, you just talked to Ed a moment ago.
3: Yeah. Good morning. Yeah.
1: Good morning. I've been out of
3: town for a month. Oh. Um, yeah. Probably already talked about this, but uh, there is no difference between Antifa or anti-fall, anti-fascist. The people who wear the black costumes with the masks. There's no difference, and they're coming to Champagne. It's only a matter of time for the the. Uh, uh, college kids, uh, the Republicans hire a speaker that, uh, they feel they don't like what that speaker will say. So they're coming to Champagne, and it's, uh, it's going to get ugly, is yeah. all I can say You're
1: referring to the, like at Berkeley and Cal where they certain well, conservative speakers weren't allowed to speak.
3: Exactly. And mm-hmm. like I, like I said, there's no difference between them and the KKK and I don't approve of either, but, uh, as uh, presidents there was people in the streets out there who weren't there to uh, cause trouble, and there's enough blame to go around both sides. But the uh, yeah. that's uh, when Looney Tunes have been throwing throwing stuff against the wall for four to six months to see what would stick. Well, there's two things you can uh, you can't do in America. You can't be a racist, and that's that's un, you know correct. And you can't be doing anything. I'll solicit like that. There's just two major things, and uh, it, it it it'll go it'll go away. But the statue thing is, it's insane. That's all I can say. I just shake my head. But uh, they're coming to Champagne, and uh, I just hope the uh, police don't stand down as they have in other cities, as directed by the liberal mayors.
1: Well, I hope not. I hope uh you know we can always have uh, free speech as far as if, if somebody's going to speak, you know, uh, people don't have to listen to them. But um you know like I know in the issues you've been referring to the I forget who's the the lady the conservative lady that um was going to speak. I've forgotten their name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh blonde-haired lady was going to speak and there was a bunch of protests, and so she wound up not speaking at at Berkeley. There's been several examples, but um yeah, it's unfortunate. I I uh, but on the on the statues and everything, I I've been trying to figure this out. If you if you carry the um, the thinking of that, you know, let's get rid of them all. If you carry that out all the way down the line, do you get rid of street names, school names? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll how far how far do you go? I guess.
3: Well, they lit a statue of Abraham Lincoln, the guy who freed the slaves. You just got to laugh; it's so crazy. They lit a statue on fire the other night. God, God, I just said, "This guy is the guy who freed them."
1: Yeah, it's, Was it, it's what, insane. But it's
3: just when they, they come to the streets, just bring out the cameras. It's gonna get ugly. I'm gonna be there. and I won't say in what capacity, but I'm gonna be there.
1: All right. So. Well, thanks, Ed. Appreciate Thank the you. appreciate the phone call. Hopefully, we can all just discuss things rationally. Uh, it's not Lori Ingram. It's Ann Coulter. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't remember her name. Nine twenty. We're in uh, champaign Urbana here at three five six nine three nine seven. Email us, talk at WDWS.com. want to mention, by the way, today the uh, Champaign-Urbana Elks Lodge annual garage sale is going on now, right? Today's the 18th, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And tomorrow, Saturday, August 19th, 8 a.m. to noon, it's inside the Elks Lodge at 903 North Dunlap in Savoy. It's Saturday Bag of Clothes Day for $3, $5, and $7. All proceeds from this year's sale go to benefit the Savoy Fire Department, MDA, and the Law Enforcement Torch Run for Special Olympics. So uh, check it out. Champagne urbana Elks Lodge annual garage sale inside the Elks Lodge, 903 North Dunlap in Savoy. All right, Brad Underwood was up in Chicago yesterday, Wrigley Field. He sang the seventh-inning stretch, and it, I think, We've got that ready. Here he is, Coach Underwood. Here we go,
4: Cup fans. Help me out. A-1.
1: There he was. He stopped singing there for a while. He scared me. I thought he was going to just stop and let everybody else sing. We wanted to hear him. So I don't know how you rate that far as singing, but uh, he got the crowd fired up. A lot of runs scored yesterday at Wrigley Field in Chicago. So that was uh, Coach Brad Underwood singing the seventh-inning stretch. We're at 923 and 73 degrees. We'll check uh, today in history. We'll take your phone calls, your thoughts. We'll talk a little bit about this Cook County uh, soda tax coming up here in uh, just a moment. But first, a timeout here on Penny for Your Thoughts. We're back on Penny for your thoughts. Open line going here this first hour, 356-9397. Email us, talk at WDWS.com. You can text us, the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, three five one five three five seven. What's on your mind today? A lot of talk all week long about the Confederate statues, uh, the, the out uh, what happened after the Charlottesville event a week ago in Virginia. We had a lot of talk about that early in the week. Of course, the uh, terrorist attacks in Spain yesterday, that was some of the headlines there. There's been a lot of talk here in the last couple of days about the uh, Cook County soda tax. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Let's see, this day in history in 1846, Mexican-American War. U.S. forces led by General Stephen Kearney occupied Santa Fe in present-day New Mexico in 1846. This day in 1914, President Wilson issued his proclamation of neutrality aimed at keeping the U.S. out of World War I. Of course, that didn't happen. Uh, 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, guaranteeing all American women's right to vote, ratified. Tennessee became the 36th state to approve it. And this day in 1938, President Franklin Roosevelt, Canadian Prime Minister William Lyon Mackenzie King, Dedicated the Thousand Islands Bridge connecting the U.S. and Canada. I've never been on that bridge. Don't know if you have or not. Uh, 1983 this day, August 18th, uh, Hurricane Alicia slammed into the Texas coast, left 21 dead, caused more than a billion dollars worth of damage. Uh, Also this day, 1983, remember the pine tar game with George Brett running out of the dugout because he had too much pine tar on his bad handle? Eventually, they finished that game. They resumed it. The Royals defeated the Yankees 5-4 to in the completion of the Pine Tar game in just 12 minutes. Took care of it. So they did all that for 12 minutes. And this was the day in 1988. Vice President George H.W. Bush accepted the presidential nomination of the Republican National Convention in New Orleans. What well, he was during that convention, I think at the start, he announced Dan Quayle as his running mate. And that caused a uh, firestorm early on in the convention. Then he accepted the presidential nomination on this day in 1988 down in New Orleans. I remember it was really hot watching that on TV. There was uh, George H.W. Bush had rolled up his sleeves and trying to stay as cool as he could in the heat down in New Orleans. So that's what's been happening on this day in history on, uh, what are we, already up to August 18. By the way, tomorrow is Bill Clinton's 71st birthday. Bill Clinton will be 71 tomorrow. All right, the Cook County Soda Tax. Uh, Headline today, it says the Cook County Soda Tax no longer runs afoul of food stamp rules. County officials there in Cook County say they've solved a problem with a new sweetened beverage tax that put roughly $87 million in funding used to run the federal food stamp program in Illinois at risk of being withheld. Purchases made with federal food stamp benefits are exempt from the penny per ounce tax on sweetened beverages, but the county's regulation gave stores that hadn't been able to program point-of-sale systems not to tax those purchases, the option of charging the tax, and then issuing a refund. The county solved the issue by striking language permitting refunds from the regulation, which will ensure ongoing access of SNAP benefits for eligible Illinois households. The USDA confirmed that the county notified the agency had corrected the issue. It's not known how many Cook County retailers are applying the tax to snap purchases than in offering refunds, but another retailer is facing a lawsuit alleging it botched the rollout of the tax, this time by double-taxing a customer's sweetened beverage purchase. Tinley Park resident Diane Kramer accused Circle K of overcharging her sales tax when she bought sweetened beverages at stores in Orland Hills, Tinley Park, Oak Forest, and Chicago. That was according to a lawsuit filed this week in Cook County Circuit Court. Kramer says she stopped at the Circle K on August 9th and 10th. The soda tax was combined with a pre-tax price for the order to arrive at a subtotal. Kramer was then charged sales tax on that amount, effectively taxing the tax, the suit alleges. (laughs) So, anyway, what a mess there in Cook County. We'll uh, talk some more about that here after the news headlines and uh, take your phone calls. Any thoughts here as we end this week, getting ready for a taste of champagne at Westside Park here this weekend, two weeks out from football. Things are starting to heat up here as we work our way through the middle of August. We're at 931 headlines with Michael Kaiser coming your way. We'll have more open line up until 10. Rob Kennedy, CEO at C-SPAN, U of I alum, joins us in the second hour for a while and then Open phones up until 11 o'clock. News is next on DWS. Back, Penny, for your thoughts rolling on here as we work our way to the end of this week. Three five six nine three nine seven is how you can reach us on the phones. You can email us, talk at WDWS.com. And you can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line 3515357. Five things you need to know about the soda tax in Cook County. And then I'll get into a couple of uh, back and forth on what people think about it. But how we got here, Cook County approved the tax in November, promoting it as a way to reduce soda consumption and improve public health. But it will also bring in an estimated $200 million a year. There's the key line right there. Cook County consumers drink a billion liters of soda every year, including 530 million liters in Chicago alone. How much will it cost? The tax costs a penny per ounce, so a two-liter soda bottle incurs a 67-cent tax. The uh, tax doesn't apply to soda, just apply to soda. Any non-alcoholic beverage can be taxed, including syrups for soda fountains, low-calorie drinks, fruit juices that aren't 100% fruit juice, iced tea and lemonade, and sports and energy drinks. So those are some of the uh, facts, uh, I guess some of the information on the soda tax in cook county the retailers association up there filed an injunction it was supposed to into effect july 1 the injunction delayed a little bit but then a judge dismissed the lawsuit and so it's been in force for the last couple of weeks anyway and then they had the little snafu with the food stamp rules and refunding the tax and all of that so that's kind of what's been happening with that all right let's go back to the phones larry is with us here this morning hi larry like
5: to talk about your town muhammad
1: oh yeah where i live now
5: yes yes uh, yes um just wondering what you think of uh hiring the retired superintendent for sixty thousand dollars a year to be a uh engineer for the new school that's going up you know off a salary that he is uh very well compensated for while he was the superintendent for a school that 's almost pretty well completed when you drive by going down one hundred and fifty
1: well, they just started some new construction i don 't think they 're very far along on that. I mean they got some walls up yeah, and some uh,
5: got, got a school set there for they started out at one point seven million and they can 't sell it so is uh Mohammed hmm. school district uh. Blessed with lots of money that they can shell out $60,000, and you already had a superintendent that was doing both jobs. Now you got a new superintendent. Can't do both jobs, be a uh, hmm. project engineer and a superintendent huh. for the school.
1: Well, it's not my father in law, I know that. Yeah. Because he was uh, a former uh, superintendent, but it's not him. So I, I haven't heard about that. Oh, yeah. Huh.
5: They're to bring back the retired one and uh pay him sixty thousand to coordinate the engineering project. Oh,
1: so which one was it?
5: Uh I yeah. wanna say Johnston, but I'm not a hundred oh, percent.
1: Okay. Okay. Is he the one that just retired? I think so. Fairly recent. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well I hadn't heard that. No, I um I don't know, maybe if somebody else knows more about that than I do, but
5: maybe you have to do a little investigating. Yeah. Especially when they have a school for sale at $1.7 million and can't sell it.
1: Yeah, which one is they trying to sell? I'm trying to remember. Is it the. It's not, mm-hmm. uh, it's not saying I them. I think it's it. that
5: one. Yeah, I, isn't that the one right there on uh, 47, I believe? Right there. In,
1: yeah, 47 and 150. Yeah. Right near there. Okay. Yeah, I think that's one that's for sale. Okay, because I know they tore the old one down here in the last yeah. couple of years. The old yep. mid- Middletown one. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe somebody knows more about that than I do, but.
5: Okay. Okay. You know, just with the school funding situation and everything like that. And then.
1: Yeah. All right. Like well.
5: That, those superintendents are very well compensated. Then hire one back that's retired for 60000 Seems pretty astronomical.
1: All right. Well, we'll see if anybody else knows more about that. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you, Larry.
5: You. Bye.
1: Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, that um, school building's going up. The new construction on it. There is you coming to Muhammad on 150. They got a couple of big, huge, looks like one's a gymnasium. And there's some more construction going on. I just know because I walk around it every couple of nights. <laughs> so I know kind of where they are on that. But I have not heard that particular story. So, But I've been busy, so we'll see. All right, some uh, from Bill here. He says, I've got a couple of riddles, just because it's Friday. What gets fewer holes in it every time you punch a hole in it? And a man on a desert island with no source of food and only a calendar a year later he's found alive and well. How? He says he'll text the answers later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't make me work too hard, Bill. Three five six nine three nine seven. You can email us. Talk at WDWS.com. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 351-5357. We are at 943. So what do you make of this soda tax? Uh, They say they're doing it in the name of fighting uh, childhood obesity in particular. But is it a money grab? Just trying to get some low-hanging fruit because everybody's drinking sodas lemonade, iced tea, and so forth. It's an easy way to make money, and some of the bigger cities have decided to uh, to do it. I'm just looking at, uh, I think, Philadelphia put one in. Let's see. I'm looking to see who else. Uh, Philadelphia had it in. I think San Francisco passed one. here. Yeah, here it is. San Francisco. That tax will take effect January 1st of 2018, a one-cent-per-ounce tax on sodas. Oakland, California had one take uh, in effect July 1. Boulder, Colorado, two-cent-per-ounce tax on sodas. That one took effect July 1st. Cook County, nine-to-eight vote on the Board of Commissioners. In November of last year, one-cent tax on sodas the one we've been talking about. let's go back to the phones and steve is up next hi steve good morning
6: good morning brian how are you good well i'm gonna give you a little example of what the tax is really for uh my wife and i took a little trip to chicago for my birthday on the 29th of july that weekend and the tax went in was to go into effect on wednesday of the next week well we had we were on a tour we went on a tour And uh, we went into McDonald's right across the street from our hotel where they were meeting up for the tour. And uh, so we went in there for breakfast. My wife gets herself a biscuit, sausage and cheese biscuit, and a large Diet Coke every morning on her way to work in Champagne. And it cost her $2.75 dollars 75 So we went into the McDonald's for breakfast. She ordered her regular biscuit and large Diet Coke, and I added McGriddle to it and a large Diet Coke, and it was $12.74. So well before the tax went into effect, they're already taxing them way beyond what's reasonable. Uh, It's just a money grab. That's all it is. It's typical. They always come up with some excuse, but they just keep piling tax on tax on tax.
1: Well, I think this one has been uh, the soda tax I'm referring to. is, You know, like I said, it's kind of low-hanging fruit. It's been out there, but there haven't been politicians, I think, or cities in general have been a little tentative about doing it because they are afraid of the backlash they would get. But then once somebody started doing it, then the others say, Oh, wow, look at the money you can make. Well, that's it. all
6: it's all about. Yeah, yeah. it's all about <laughs> making money. It's not about. It. They they have to throw that out. It's to protect obesity and this and that, and the other thing. It's a joke. I, what I'm saying is, it was all the taxes
1: are already high. The,
6: we're already ridiculously yeah. high. When you can buy the same thing for two seventy five here, and and it, I added one other sandwich and another diet coke. The taxes on it were already ridiculous. Yeah. There were like three three taxes on the three or four taxes on it before they added the,
1: yep. the one the, they just had. Wow. Yeah. And then if you go to an airport it's really expensive. Uh-oh. If you, you <laughs> if you if you buy it at an airport store, then you're really paying it. Oh yeah. Well, thanks, Steve.
6: All right, have a good day. Hey,
1: I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Yeah, Judge Steigman would say it's a nanny tax <laughs> if he were here. Uh, Antoinette says, I hope Coach Underwood coaches better than he carries a tune. He did okay. I've heard, I've heard uh, others not do as well as that. All kidding aside, she says, thanks for playing the audio clip. Uh, Brian, I'd hope someone would. Good luck this year to Coach Underwood in the Illini. And Coach she says, don't quit your day job. <laughs> They give you, the. I think, from what I understand, they give you the words. or You go into a little room before you go on and appear to do this seventh inning stretch, and you kind of either get the script of the words because we think we all know the words until you're singing in front of 40,000 people, and then you go, wait a minute. And I think uh, national anthem singers will do that too sometimes. They'll keep the words in front of them because you think, oh, that'd be easy to remember, but not always as easy as you think. three five six nine three nine seven email us talk at WDWS had a lot of texts and emails during the course of the week. It's been a busy week, been a fun week. Nine forty eight here at DWS Rob Kennedy, CEO of C SPAN, is going to join us in hour number two for a little bit. I think you'll find him to be a fascinating guest, and then we'll take open phone calls and uh, texts and emails the rest of the hour in the second hour today. Let's see, I was looking at the Philadelphia soda tax, and of course what happens in these cases is you tax certain aspects of a product or whatever it is, and ultimately that cost gets taxed on, moved on to you and me. You know, if you tax a business, then they're going to pass the cost on to the customer. So, I mean, sometimes you wind up hurting the people you're trying to help. 9.49. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more Penny for your thoughts, your thoughts on this topic or others today. What's on your mind on a Friday as we head into another busy weekend and, again, two weeks out from football. I still can't. I'm still trying to grasp that, that we're going to be doing football here in a couple weeks. Basketball schedule's out, so we're getting ready for the fall. School is back. Be careful with the kids in school as they make their way in and out of school buildings. Keep your eye on that. We'll continue with more Penny for your thoughts after this break. And we're back on Penny for Your Thoughts, 356-9397. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. I want to remind you that, of course, as we send our kids back to school, my daughter is going back to school Sunday, and I'll bring the rest of her stuff down on Tuesday down in Nashville. But uh, one uh, talk you need to have with your kids as they head to college is the money talk, Busey suggests covering these topics with your students. Credit. Show your child your credit report. Explain how their behavior with credit cards will impact their financial future. Open an account in their name at your bank, making transfers easier. You can set up overdraft protection, fraud protection, budgeting. Show your, kid, uh, your child how to create a budget. College debt. Your child needs to understand the magnitude of the expense of college. You will pay for it eventually. Get those student loans, but uh, they do give you time to pay them off, but you will pay for them eventually. And with online and mobile services from Busey, students can manage their finances whenever they want, wherever they are. And those Busey tools include Busey mobile app, Busey tax, Busey eBank, Busey bill payment. So much of this you can do online anymore, and it's uh, very easy to do and easily accomplished. Busey understands the demands of back-to-school. Simplify your finances and uh, stop by one of their convenient locations today, Busey.com. You can uh, reach them that way as well or give them a call. Busey, one of our sponsors here on Penny for Your Thoughts. I was looking at the Philadelphia tax, and let's see here. The uh, Philadelphia tax, a uh, article points out the soda tax in Philadelphia is 24 times more expensive than the state's tax on beer. Fink's Hoagies in Philadelphia, the king of gourmet hoagies in the northeastern part of Philadelphia, has even stopped serving sodas at its shop. The uh, Philadelphia Voice had a great photo of their sign informing customers the change of the change, which calls the tax a blatant robbery of hardworking Philadelphia taxpayer money. And let's see, here. there was something about the distribution of the uh, soda. It says while well, they're calling this a soda tax, and again, this is Philadelphia, but it applies to the various locations. The real name is the sugar-sweetened beverage tax. Technically, it isn't a sales tax. It's not quite the same as an excise tax. Now, again, this is Philadelphia, not not Cook County, but it's a tax on the distribution of those products. That means in Philadelphia that the distributor charges it to the retailers, stores, vending machine operators, etc., and remits it to the city. The retailers aren't required to collect it, and it's not paid directly by consumers either. In fact, the tax doesn't truly have to be passed on to consumers, but of course it is. That's in Philadelphia. The upside is the revenue is going to be used for things that people like, community schools, parks, recreation centers, libraries, the sitter's pre-kindergarten programs. And while these aren't directly related to the, quote, sin involved in drinking a sugar-bolstered beverage, they're still pretty good things that most of us really like. And, of course, some of these are tied up in court as the one was in Cook County. But, anyway, that's just some of the odds and ends of this. Mike in Champagne says, do they consider that there are about three f- quarters ice in the cups at fast food restaurants when it comes to taxes and one cent an ounce? Do they eliminate the ice volume? <laughs> I get my drinks without ice, so I don't. maybe I'm going to have to pay more because <laughs> I'm getting more soda. Uh, 955, Joe, how are you?
7: Hey, good morning. Good morning. I wanted to discuss this uh, attack on President Trump after this Charlottesville uh, situation. Uh, I don't think he could have been any more clear about his denunciation of the Nazis and what they were doing. But the people that showed up to confront them, you can't tell me that they went there with peaceful intentions when they show up with makeshift body armor and ball bats. Uh, There was very much, I was watching this on Saturday and there was, very much uh, enough blame to go around on both sides. But the thing that just infuriates me to no end is how, if that had been President Obama had said what President Trump said on Saturday about that, the Democrat Party would have been in lockstep behind him and not one of them would have come out and said anything against him and what he said. For the Republican Party, they are and about 50% of them's trying to denounce President Trump because he didn't say what they think he should have said. And these people, I, I don't know if they're too stupid to understand it, but it doesn't matter what they do or say. The mainstream news vermin are going to put them down, they're going to lump them all together, and they're going to lie and spin and twist everything that comes out of their mouths. And they just can't seem to get it through their head that uh, they're never going to be able to pacify the left or the mainstream, their their propaganda arm, the, the mainstream news liberal media. And uh, it just infuriates me to no end that the Republican Party can't get themselves together, and they are just as much guilty as the Democrats of trying to undermine this election and the fact that people voted for president trump and wanted him in office so he could implement his agenda and they're doing everything they can to stop it because he's not one of their swamp dwellers there in washington
1: well here's the thing i think you know whatever you think of what the president said initially on saturday he came out with a really strong statement on monday and he probably should have just stopped there you know and if people didn't like what he said or they say he didn't really mean it or whatever i mean he should have stopped there in my mind, and then he came out again, and I know what he was thinking, he was doing, but it was kind of like he just stirred the pot again, and he didn't have to. You know well, you're what I mean? Absolutely right. I, you yeah. know, I, I think he, he he just stopped on Monday with what he was real strong, you know, condemning Nazism, condemning the uh, white race, you know, white supremacists, and all of that, and then he would delve back into it again the next day with that press conference at his hotel or his um. Whatever we know, the place where he's staying, he probably would have been better off just stopping right there, regardless of what people think. So
7: you're absolutely right. If if he if he would just learn to shut the heck up (laughs) about a lot of stuff, uh, you know, it wouldn't wouldn't get to the point where it's got to now. But but he does. He is guilty of, of egging this stuff on and and causing some of it. But it just the idea that he can't even get any support out of the Republicans. It, it just infuriates me to no end. I I don't know what we're going to do, but they say, well, in the next election, uh, the Democrats are going to win because, well, people voted. They didn't vote for Republicans in the last election. They voted against the Democrats. So what, you think they're going to turn around and vote for the Democrats
3: next time? Or voted
1: against Washington in general, I think. But uh, All right. Hey, yeah. Joe, I got to run. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, we have 30 seconds left, and I don't think I can get to my next caller, so I'm going to have to just wait. We'll have more open line here after 10.30. Rob Kennedy is going to join me, U of I alum, big Illini fan, by the way, and he's also the CEO of C-SPAN. We'll talk to him after the top of the news uh, here at the top of this hour, and then we'll continue with more. Penny, for your thoughts after that, as we wrap up a week, filling in for Jim at 10 o'clock. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. All right, we are at 10-11 uh, here on this Friday morning as we close out the week on Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Brian Barnhart in for Jim Turpin. Been a real pleasure to sit in all week long. Also a pleasure to welcome our final guest of the week. His name is Rob Kennedy. He's a U of I alum and uh, a CEO with C-SPAN. Rob, how are you today?
8: I'm good, Brian. How are you? Good, good. morning. Well
1: Great to have you on with us today. And uh, I had a chance to meet you in Chicago, I think it was last year, at a U of I event, and then you were... Gracious enough to give me a tour of the, the C-SPAN facilities out there at uh, in Washington, D.C., when Illinois was out for the Big Ten Tournament. So I've had a chance to visit with you and just really enjoyed seeing the, the whole operation at C-SPAN. It's pretty impressive.
8: Well, thank you. We we enjoyed having you, and I was just on the line with Ed Bond, your engineer, and offered him to come through for a tour as well. I've heard Ed's name for years as I've listened to the Fighting Illini broadcast. So um We like to give tours here, so if anybody's interested um, in in the listening audience, please um, look me up on uh, email or Twitter or whatever, and we'd love to have folks come through.
1: Now, I mentioned you are a University of Illinois alum and a proud one. Uh, Tell us about your days at Illinois a little bit.
8: Well, I was at Illinois in the late 70s. I I grew up in Springfield, actually right around the block from where Jim Turpin lived. Is that um, right? In Springfield, yeah. The Turpins were just a, a block away. And uh, went to Springfield High School, and my mom and my aunt and uncle were, were Illini uh, alums. So as a middle school, or junior high and high schooler, we came over for a lot of games, and so it was natural for me to come to the University of Illinois. I was there from 74 to 78, a proud graduate of the engineering school, and uh, the sports teams were not great back in the late 70s, but we've had some good years since.
1: Yeah, that's for sure, and uh, I know that uh, you follow the Illini pretty closely, so uh, you're trying to represent the Illini, I know, out there at (laughs) C-SPAN.
8: That's right. (laughs) At C-SPAN, we have a lot of Big Ten folks who work at C-SPAN. I think Purdue has the most here, but We've got Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, and Northwestern and others. So um, always some good rivalries going on 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 football weekends.
1: In fact, the gentleman as as you well know, and everybody knows, I think, uh, Brian Lamb, uh, that helped start C-SPAN. He's a Purdue guy, right?
8: He is a Purdue guy. He is a Lafayette, Indiana native uh, and attended Purdue University. And uh, while growing up in the Midwest in the 60s and 70s, Uh, his only source of information were the three television networks. And many of us who grew up at that time, that's all we had in terms of TV news. And Brian always had a thirst for information and learning what was going on in the country and in the world. And one of his guiding principles for what became C-SPAN was just trying to provide more information and a more complete picture than you could receive in a 30-minute nightly newscast.
1: Well, you've got uh, C-SPAN, which uh, started, uh, I was reading some of the the history, a march of 1979, Uh, Al Gore at that time, I think, gave the first speech that was seen on there, right?
8: He did. Uh, C-SPAN started on the same day that the House of Representatives went on television. And up until that time, uh, Brian, who is now working in Washington, Uh, got wind of the idea that the house might go on television, that they were debating the idea of putting cameras in. Up until 1979, there had been a few experiments, but there was no regular coverage of the house. So Brian, who also knew some people in the cable industry, said, hey, the house is going on television. Why don't you, as leaders of the cable industry, agree to put that on the air, on the satellite, as a public service, and have it be a channel, an early cable channel. And the cable industry said yes. They agreed to fund this as a public service. And C-SPAN launched on that day in 1979 when the house went on television.
3: And C-SPAN
8: was actually the sixth cable television network to launch. That's how early we were in the... Uh, cable industry, the first one, I like to ask this as a trivia question, the first one was HBO. It started about four years earlier. But, yes, it was the House of Representatives going on television that was really the catalyst for hmm. C-SPAN and everything we've done since
1: then. Yeah, and I, think, uh, and I think you and I talked about this at the time when I visited you that uh, Newt Gingrich became a regular on there over time, and it helped him eventually become Speaker of the House, right? Because he kind of utilized... Recognize the value of having that camera in there, I guess. He did.
8: He and and his Republican colleagues began to use a device on the House called uh, special orders, which is basically the ability to give a speech after regular business had closed. But he knew that those speeches via C-SPAN were being carried to a nationwide audience, and he was able to get some... Uh, notice uh, across the country for for his ideas even though he was in the minority at the time and that was one of the things, and I think he agrees when he talks about this those speeches were one of the things that really uh, allowed the republicans to get some momentum at that time and from that he eventually became speaker
1: we're talking with rob kennedy he's the ceo with c-span of course you see it i I get a lot of comments rob about and i i do this too myself and i'm sure you hear this a lot when there's a big event in washington dc no matter what it is a lot of people just want to see the event they don't want a lot of the you know commentary around it or here's what you're going to see and here's what you're seeing and here's what you just saw they just want to watch it and I, i think that's a popular thing that a lot of people like to do.
8: Well, well, thank you. It, it is, and that's really the core of what we're about, which is to show events primarily in Washington but also around the country from beginning to end, basically as if you were in the room. So there's no editing away, no talking over the event, and... All the news networks play a valuable service in having folks come on and talk about the event and what the importance of it might or might not be. But our role, something we've stuck to since the very beginning, is to show the event from from beginning to end. And personally, I think if, if you have the time, if one has the time, that's a great way to learn about the the give-and-take, the back-and-forth, and and how Washington works.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of gives you more of a context because, uh, as you said, it, it's really not fair to the 30-minute newscast. but I mean, They can only give you so much time. They only have so much time. And sometimes you can lose the context of what was said before or after or whatever by not seeing the whole thing in context, right?
8: That's right. And one of the things that we've done in recent years, recognizing that we all – have so much on our calendars today and everything seems to move so fast, so it can be hard to sit and watch something for an hour during the day or 30 minutes or two hours, is we now have a website, our website, cspan.org, where everything that we air on television is also available online for viewing. So if you missed a particular event, a particular hearing, a particular press briefing, you can go back to our website and watch it in its entirety. And sometimes also we feature on the homepage of our website key clips from that event, so you can catch up kind of quickly with the clip. But you always know that the full event is there to watch on our website.
1: And so you started with, uh, with the C-SPAN, Brian Lamb uh, wanting to, to have that available in the house. Then it was C-SPAN 2 and C-SPAN right. 3. So it's, it's, it's grown a lot.
8: Well, it has. The the House went on first in 79. The story is that as the House got more exposure via C-SPAN and via having cameras, the Senate didn't have cameras, and there were some senators who were resistant to that. But as they saw the exposure the House was getting, they decided in 1986 to also put cameras in their chamber. And at that point, C-SPAN and the cable industry had a key decision to make, which is how can we carry the Senate from beginning to end the same way we do the House? So that's where C-SPAN 2 came from. So on C-SPAN 2, you'll always see the Senate when it's in session, and on C-SPAN, you'll always see the House when it's in session. And then oftentimes in Washington, when both the House and the Senate are in session, the key event might be a congressional hearing. Um, And we've certainly had a lot of those uh, so far this year. Well, that's where C-SPAN 3 comes in during the week, which is the ability to see additional events live during the day when the House and Senate are in session. And now with the website, we can carry live events that go beyond even those three venues, C-SPAN, C-SPAN 2, and C-SPAN 3. So we're really trying, through technology, to give everyone many opportunities to see what's going on here.
1: Well, there's always something happening in Washington uh, and elsewhere, as you said. How do you decide what you're going to cover that day? Do you have to kind of pick and choose?
8: Well, we do. We've been able to put more on the air now because of C-SPAN 3 and also because of being able to stream events live on the website. But we do on any given day when Congress is in session, we might have 30, 40, 50 events to choose from. We have a group of people that do it. It's not any one person. Uh, and every day at 3 o'clock, they look at all the events that are available the next day, and they make their selections. Their selections, some some selections are obvious based on newsworthiness, uh, the Comey hearings from earlier this year, the Sessions hearings from earlier this year. Uh, Sometimes it might be an issue dealing with uh, money. Uh, We tend to do a lot on tax and budget. Uh, We also look at what issues we've covered over time and what uh, sides of issues we've covered, so we might try to balance something we've done earlier with something that's occurring now. And over time, it provides—it's not everything that's in Washington, but it's a, a good, broad cross section of what's going on in Washington.
1: Rob Kennedy with uh, <clears throat> Rob Kennedy with C-SPAN is with us. A University of Illinois alum and uh, proud of it. Big Illini fan, but he's also uh, very busy out at C-SPAN. I had a chance to see the the wonderful facilities out there in Washington D.C. One thing I didn't realize. Uh, was that you're in the same building with MSNBC on one floor and Fox News on the other. I I didn't know that.
8: Yeah, we were here first. (laughs) We like to point that out. But, uh, yes, our location is in an office building directly north of the Capitol building, so the windows on the south side of the building have great views of the Capitol, and we first used that for a backdrop in our studio, our morning call in program, which we call the Washington Journal, and we think the other networks noticed it too, so they've moved in to also get that view of the
1: Capitol. speaking of it was a great location it, it really is uh, speaking of the the call in show uh, when we uh, you and I talked in Chicago, and I think one of the questions that came up was uh, did uh, the media see or did they miss the the whole donald trump uh, phenomena the the votes that came for him, how he got elected but uh, I think you told me that. With your call-in show every day, getting a pulse of the public, you had a sense that that he had a chance to win the election.
8: Yes, we we have a morning call-in program, as I mentioned. It's three hours every morning. We call it the Washington Journal. And on that program, we bring in guests. They might be members of Congress. They might be academics. They might be journalists. But an important part of this has always been the callers. And over the course of a day, we might take 60 calls. That equates to about 20,000 over a year. And the callers are an excellent barometer of public opinion throughout the country. It's not a scientific survey by any means, and we arrange the phone lines so that First, we might go to a Republican caller, then a Democratic caller, and then an Independent caller. So we try to rotate opinions. This isn't a public opinion poll of any sense. But listening to the callers, their opinions, their passions, their rationale for their viewpoints is very instructive and, for me, and, and enlightening. And we did notice, leading up to the election in November 2016, and really throughout the year, that people who called in support of Donald Trump as a candidate had very well thought out rationale for why they were supporting him. And this was maybe something you wouldn't get by listening to the newscast on the uh, major news channels. So, sure, based on the polls, as I said back in November, a lot of us were surprised based on the polling. But when I think back about listening to our callers... It was there all along, and that's why I think listening to them at any point in the political cycle is is very
1: instructive. Rob Kennedy with us from C-SPAN here for a couple more minutes. Uh, so uh, uh, today, uh, with the House and Senate, are not in session, right? They're on recess. So, right. uh, wh- so what do you do <laughs> with those? Well,
8: <laughs> <laughs> right now, uh, we... Well, we we do have some live events uh, right now. We're we're covering an event that's uh, live in Washington about the uh, history of the Voting Rights Act, and so there are public policy events in Washington throughout the summer, and we also do some thematic programming on our other channels. We've been having a number of events. We're re-airing right now on C-SPAN three concerning the Civil War, and we've also brought in a variety of book-related events and other public policy events for C-SPAN, too. So our producers put some time into arranging uh, blocks of programming that we put on during the, the congressional breaks.
1: Well, and, um, you know, there'll be a lot coming up in the fall, obviously, with, uh, I think, a lot of people to be riveted to what happens in the, you know, with tax reform. There's a lot that is on the horizon, so while they're maybe on recess now, there'll be plenty to do, I'm sure, in the in the months ahead.
8: Without a doubt. I think congressional committees, along with our call-in program, have really become our bread and butter, and legislation typically moves through the committees. We cover a lot of those hearings with the witnesses, obviously the members on both sides and the majority and the minority, so we're looking forward to a very interesting fall.
1: We mentioned, uh, Rob, what you do now, but uh, what attracted you to, to working with C SPAN?
8: Well, I, you know, initially, even though I was from Springfield, I wasn't really what you'd call a history and politics person. Maybe that's because I grew up surrounded by it, so I looked for something else. I was an engineer, but I met Brian Lamb early in my career, and as I moved on to uh, positions in Chicago that dealt with engineering or finance, uh, Brian and I kept in touch. And when he needed a, a business person to come on board to manage sort of the technology and the and the money side of the operation, I, I believed in what he and his colleagues at C-SPAN were doing. And I thought that would be a good fit for my skills. And it's hard to believe I just had my 30th anniversary here.
1: <laughs> well, that's a great anniversary to note. So, well, Rob, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, we all, I know, people that that follow C-SPAN enjoy the the coverage that that the network does, and uh, you guys have expanded in a lot of different areas. So it's uh, keep up the good work out there. And well, are you going to come back to Champaign anytime soon?
8: Yeah, I'll be there in, in September uh, right. for some alumni association meetings, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to catch a football game on that visit, but hope to get back for one of those as well. We're all optimistic before the yeah. season start, right?
1: So uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be
8: I'll be listening to you if yeah. I'm not there in person, but I appreciate the opportunity to be on this morning. Yeah,
1: Rob, thank you so much uh, again. Thank you for the, the the time. I know you're a busy man, and I uh, appreciate the tour. And uh, I'll tell Ed, uh, remind Ed, he can get his tour at some point. So, <laughs> very, so very good. All right, thank, thank you, Brian. It's thank my you, pleasure. Rob. We appreciate Thanks. it. All right, that yeah. is Rob Kennedy. He is uh, a gentleman I've gotten to know and. Really appreciate his time today. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back on the other side with some news, news headlines. Open phone here the rest of the way this morning as we wrap up the week on Penny. All right, welcome back. Penny, for your thoughts. Thank you again to Rob Kennedy from uh, Washington, D.C. and C-SPAN. He's uh, They have two CEOs there. He's one of the two CEOs, along with Susan Swain, has been there 30 years. And uh, Brian Lamb, a Purdue guy, kind of started that network in uh, 1979 and about the time what ESPN got started. And all of that, a proud U of I alum and always uh, very, very much listens, he says, to the ball games online and so forth. So he's a, he's a true Illini fan. It is 1031. Let's uh, have some news here, I'll take a break here with some news from Michael Kaiser. We'll get back to your phone calls here the rest of the way on a Friday. Been a busy week on Penny. All right, down the stretch we come here on this Friday on Penny for Your Thoughts. Jim returns on Monday. Been a pleasure to sit in for Jim this week. Had a lot of great guests. Enjoyed Rob Kennedy here earlier this hour. Now we're visiting with you again, our listeners. We appreciate all your phone calls, emails, and texts throughout the week. Bill had sent me a couple of riddles earlier, just because it's Friday. He says two riddles. Who g- what gets fewer holes in it every time you punch a hole in it? And the answer is a net. Okay, that makes sense. And a man is on a desert island with no source of food and only a calendar. A year later he's found alive and well. How? Let me find it. Uh the man ate dates every day and once a week and had a Sunday for dessert.
8: <laughs>
1: okay. Uh this into the newsroom. Uh Champagne Schools, Champagne School District will move physical education classes and recess Inside on Monday afternoon, as a safety precaution during the solar eclipse, students taking part in organized activities to watch the solar eclipse will be allowed outside with certified safety glasses. We talked with Donna Pittman about that. That moving the Edison kids, some of them, at least the eighth graders, I guess, are over at the um, watch party. And but uh, they say here that PE classes and recess will be moved indoors from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. According to a message issued by the district. This morning, all classes and organized activities after 2 p.m. on Monday will take place as scheduled. Parents with questions can taunt, can uh, contact their children's school. The district says. And let's see here. We got a couple of texts. Uh, Bill says it's a vicious cycle, a circle. The president makes a statement. The media misrepresents it. The president calls them out. Explains what he really said. And the media misrepresents that. That is disgusting. And got an email or a text here. It says, hard to imagine anyone but Jim doing the program, but I have to say, uh, you did a very good job this week, Brian. You had some pretty big shoes to fill. I think you did a fine job. So thank you. I appreciate that. Let's go back to the phones now as we open them back up. And let's start with Don. How are you?
9: Hey, 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 how you doing, man? You always do a great job. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. That. Uh, no problem. It's the truth. The truth matters. Okay, uh, now if all lives matter, which they do, mm-hmm. and the president condemned all violence, which he did, wouldn't it be the only person that has a problem with that would be a racist?
1: Is that a riddle? Let's see here. I'm, I'm, I'm following what I, I, I'm, I'm following <laughs> what you, I'm following what you're it's, saying here. So if he condemns all lives
9: lives matter and he condemned all violence, yeah, right. So if you have a problem with that, you might be a racist.
1: Well, as I said earlier, I think the um, whatever you think of the statement he made on Saturday, uh, he came out again on Monday and made a really strong statement, and that's where he should have stopped. I think.
9: Well, actually, we're listening to the people who couldn't say islam extremists for eight years Mm -hmm. even though people demanded they do it and they still can't do it this is who we're trying to appease here you know but i mean the simplicity of it is if all lives matter he condemned all violence if Mm you got a problem with that you're the racist
1: all right hey don have a great weekend okay you too bye thank you sir appreciate it three five six nine three nine seven let's go to orville up next hi orville
6: Hey, what's going on? How are you, sir? I got a question. Yes. If uh, stupid is as stupid does about these um, Confederate statues and stuff, I'm a soccer fan, so I want all baseball statues removed from anywhere in any ballpark in the United States. So Just get rid of all that. You know, one equals the other, so... Okay. <laughs> and they, well, I mean, right. only you, you, you want to get rid of it. If yeah. People want to complain; they can complain about anything. But, yeah. like I said, there's so been a there hundred some years.
1: So, if you're a soccer fan, get rid of the baseball statues. Sure. You know what I'm It works right.
6: for me. Let ACLU work on that one. <laughs> anyway, I just okay. All right. Thanks. I'm thanks t- Thank t- you.
1: Bye. Thanks, Tom Hanks. All bye. right. Thanks. um Let's see here. Dan from Champagne says, when will the Champagne police enforce phone use while driving? I see it all the time. Yeah, it's probably like um, in football, you could probably call holding every play. Do you think? I mean, or do you want to play football? I don't know. Do you want people to drive? I I know what your point is. <clears throat> I don't know how much they can spend time on getting everybody, but uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's obviously serious. You shouldn't be doing it. But that kind of depends on the public to obey the law as it's stated. But I suppose you could arrest everybody that goes over 55 or 65 miles an hour too, right? You'd spend a lot of, make a lot of money writing a lot of tickets. I think you have to use some common sense on that. All right, 10:45. Uh, John is with us. Hi, John. Hi,
0: hi, Brian. Kudos to you for a good week. Thank you. I've uh, enjoyed it. I uh, wanted to mention uh, two things. One of them was uh, uh, the soda tax, and mm-hmm. another is uh, uh, just a short bit about the Republicans' uh, actions in the, or lack of action a lot of times in Washington. But, you know, if we think about it, the, the soda tax, uh, Brian, they'll drive taxes up. They'll drive sales down, and then they'll have to find something else uh and make up a silly rule that sounds like uh they're qualified to decide what should be taxed but uh, uh I think it all all these taxes started with uh uh the cradle to grave uh theme that was kind of initiated by I guess John Kennedy uh for a short time and then was taken over uh by uh president Johnson but When when you're taxing, when you're spending more money than you're taking in every year, you have to find places uh, to get more, no matter how disgustingly stupid it sometimes sounds.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize, and I was reading an article uh, earlier about, you know, Philadelphia and and some of the uh, pros and cons that they've experienced with their soda tax. I didn't realize Woodrow Wilson... Back a hundred years ago, originally thought of the idea. Yeah, you know, at least or at least you know, some put it down on paper or was thinking about it at one point. So
0: I, I, I've read that somewhere. Yeah, mm. uh, I referred to the cradle to grave. That's when we yeah. really got serious about taking care of everyone from well, from cradle to grave. You know, mm. uh, hey, don't you don't worry about taking care of yourself. We're going to do it for you. You know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it says here legislation to add a specific tax to sugary drinks is fairly new, but the idea is not way back as far as 1914 President Wilson proposed the idea although for different reasons his justification was the need to increase revenues due to import changes related to World War I. So anyway, yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's interesting. It was okay, a, but it was
0: it was attached to something, yeah. Right. Uh, I had a quick uh, thing if you have time about the uh the Washington situation. I am I'm, well, I'm disturbed about the whole the whole thing, but what really gets me, and I can hardly stand it, is Mitch McConnell, John McCain, uh, senator from Tennessee, lost his name. I can't think of it for a second. But Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, mm-hmm. all Republicans, and they are actually working against, among other among others, by highlighting these people, are act- actively working against. Uh, president of their own party.
1: Well, probably and depends I, I, Probably depends on the issue, because in the health care, I thought Ryan and uh, Trump worked together quite a bit. Sounds well, like it, anyway. They,
0: they did, but no outward support. Hmm. And I, I, I feel like all of those, the ones that I mentioned, plus quite a few others, of course, uh, are all guilty of trying to protect their own selves they want, to be, they want to remain in Washington at all costs. Yeah. If it means the Republicans have, they have to get rid of Trump and the Republicans lose, they want to be the nice guys that the Democrats try to keep around.
1: All right. Hey, yeah. John, i, I got to run, but thank you for your thoughts today.
0: All righty. Thank I, you. Appreciate
1: it. Bye. We need a break. Back with more here in just a moment on Penny for your thoughts on a Friday. Welcome back, Penny, for your thoughts here. In our final few minutes of this week, Jim returns on Monday. One of our sponsors, Gallo Miller, will give you free estimates. If you've had an accident, they know what a hassle having your car repaired can be. And a collision repair shop is the last place that you want to be. But if you do need them, they are available. Conveniently and centrally located in Champaign-Urbana. Look for their attractive building on the south side of I-74 between the Neal Street and Prospect Exits. Visit GalloMiller.com for more information and uh, say hi to the guys there at Gallo Miller, Dave Miller and Bill Gallo. 3569397. That's how you can join us on the phone. You can text us three five one five three five seven email us talk at wdws.com. Let's see, 75 degrees currently in Champaign-Urbana. Appreciate all of our guests during the course of the week. We had Rob Kennedy on earlier this hour. We've been visiting with you most of the morning here on an open line on Penny for Your Thoughts. Rush Limbaugh show coming up here at the top of the hour. Got a text here. It says enforcement of federal law is mandatory, not up for debate. I don't know if he's referring to something a caller said or if he's talking about, for instance, immigration law, the sanctuary cities or any of that. But he says enforcement of federal law is mandatory, not up for debate. That was on the text line. 1054, Steve joins us. Hi, Steve.
4: Morning. Hey, uh, you know you people are part of the fake news people. You're the media, right?
1: <laughs> well, that's a big group, you know.
4: If uh, any of your callers noticed the other day whenever they had the march and they had their flamed uh, their uh, carriers, or torches or whatever, and they was walking around singing or yelling, whatever you want to call it,
1: Hail Trump.
4: Like Hail Hitler. Oh,
1: like Heil Hitler? Yeah. yeah.
4: And I was just wondering if Don or John or any of those guys saw that or whether that was fake news. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, as far as the monuments are concerned, if they're on federal property, that's one thing. If they're on. On private, that's another. And if whatever they want to do on private is their, their own thing. But, it, you know, I don't believe in uh, glorifying the the racism that was here 100 years ago. And uh, if that's an opinion that is a minority now, then I guess I'm. that's my
1: opinion. Mm. So tear down the statues?
4: Hey, uh, if they're on federal land and we're all paying for them to upkeep and stuff, yeah. There's more people that want them down than want them up.
1: Yep. Some people have uh, said put them in a museum if you want to do that.
4: Yeah, take a picture of them and, before you tear them down so yeah. people will see them. Well, we'll see.
1: There's a lot of them, and I don't know how far you go. I mean, you go all the way down to street names, and, you know, how far do you carry it, I guess is my question.
4: Well, that's that's one thing, too. But you understand the majority of those monuments that were put up weren't erected after the war. They were erected during the 50s whenever it was uh, the anti-freedom people were being opposed.
1: Yeah, some of that, some in the about 100 years ago, some in the late 1800s. There was some that was up, but uh, I'm
4: saying the majority of them. But like I say, if it's on federal land, I don't believe the majority of the people want them there anymore.
1: All right. Hey, Steve, have a great weekend. Thank you. Yep, you bet. We'll take a final break and wrap it up for the week after this. We are back, final 20 seconds of the week. Thank you to each and every one of you for the opportunity to uh, sit in and visit with you during the course of the week. Thanks to all of our guests. Uh, They say when you've had fun, it really goes fast. And this week went really fast. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Jim's back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's 11 o'clock.